This Utah football team is loaded with talent, but which players are ready to break out in the 2022 season? You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wistersill, and on today's show, we're going to be going over our top five picks for who's going to break out on this Utah football team this coming season. And the reason I said we is because I have a special guest on today's show. My guest is one of the best storytellers in the Utah media scene. She's someone who genuinely cares about the athletes she's covering as well as the game itself. And she's worked with Ute Zone in the past, but this year is the Utah Athletics Insider for KSL Sports. It's Michelle Botkin. Michelle, thank you for joining us. Oh yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So as I mentioned, me and Michelle each created a list of the five players we think are going to break out on this Utah team this coming season. So not guys like Cam Rising, already established, more so under the radar guys who, or even some guys that it, my number one player is someone everyone expects to break out. But when you only break out in spring ball, I still want to see him do it in the season. That's why I still thought it was fair game to put him on this list. And speaking of that player, we'll start with number one. My top breakout player is Devon Bailey. He's the guy who stole the show in spring ball. But still, when you're looking at last season, I mean, yes, played in 14 games, seven starts, but still only 23 receptions for 389 yards. And the big surprising one, only one touchdown. I think he's going to blow all those numbers out of the water this season. Coach Whittingham. Coach Ludwig as well has talked about how they want this offense to be more explosive. And I think that really begins with Devon Bailey being that elite deep threat and number one receiver, something I really think he's capable of. When you look at the 6'5 frame, he's got the length, the reach as well, the ability to go up and get some of those balls too. I really think him and Cam Rising have the chemistry. They're going to have a huge year together this season. And I honestly think Devon is going to go over 600 yards, have at least five to eight touchdowns and I really think he's going to be the elite number one receiver this team has lacked in general for a long time. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Devon's on my list as well. I didn't do in any particular order, but since we're, we're talking about Devon and I happen to have him as well, uh, you know, I heard that he had a really great camp from a couple of different people. Um, not and this is outside of media availability. Um, so, you know, they're really high on what Devon has done. I think he's worked really hard in the off season. He's put in the work. Uh, last week, we were able to talk with Chad Bumpus, uh, his position coach, and he was talking about how he and Solomon Enos have really taken on a strong leadership role and taken ownership of that room, uh, which I think has maybe been a little bit of the problem in the past is Nobody's just really like stepped up and said, hey, like we need to own this. We need to be better. We need to do more. Uh, and so Devon has really, really done that both, you know, in presenting himself as well as, you know, the playmaking and, and some of that kind of stuff. And as you mentioned, he's shown flashes in the past. We were all really excited about him when he showed up to Utah a few years ago as a walk on. Uh, there was a lot of buzz around him and then he got hurt and we never really got to see him. And then it's just been a little bit of a struggle for him to get back. But then we saw flashes of what, you know, everybody was talking about last season. And uh, I think it sets him up well to have a really great season this year. 
Yeah, it does seem like a great opportunity for him. It's amazing how he's come in and worked hard, too. It seems like, in general, he's the only wide receiver I have on my list, but it seems like a number of these guys. Solomon Enos is in for a huge year. Makai mm -hmm. Cope. Money Parks has been one of the biggest winners of fall camp in general. It seems like, in general, all these guys are going to see their numbers increase this coming season. So for my second one, I went with R.J. Hubert. I think looking at him, finally being healthy, he's a guy who played in 13 games back going back in the 2019 season with three starts. But then you look at it, had good spring spring camps in 2020 and 2021, but then dealt with injuries during the season of both and then wasn't really able to contribute much during the year. Sparringly a little bit, but just because he wasn't healthy, wasn't really able to start. This year he's coming in healthy. He's a guy as well that just talking with um, – Caleb of ESPN 700, I think that he just talked about how he'd been training and working with him too and how excited he was for the season he's going to have. And I really think RJ is going to do a really good job next to Cole Bishop in the secondary, manning down that safety spot. And I just think this Utah team with those two on the back end, we've already talked about guys, how guys like Clark Phillips think this team has the best secondary in the Pac-12. I think with Hubert back there, the way he compliments Cole and his ability to come down inside the box, cover up safeties, guard guys out of the slot as well. I think in the passing games where he's really going to be ineffective, I think he's got a chance to lead this team in interceptions as well. I think R.J. Hubert and Cole Bishop could very well be the best safety duo in the Pac-12. And I think R.J.'s a guy people are going to get – people are going to remember how good he used to be really fast this year now that he's finally healthy. That's interesting. I thought about putting RJ on and I didn't. I put on a different safety and we'll get to him. Actually, you know what? Why not? Let's talk about him right now. Uh, so Utah brought in Clayton Eastbell. He's a transfer. Uh, and the one time we got to talk to Morgan Scally about Clayton and what he's doing, his face just lit up. Like, I mean, he just looked like a giddy little boy on Christmas when you brought up Clayton Eastbell. Uh, you know, again, another kind of just long, rangy, can cover a lot of ground. Uh, kind of, he, the way he's been described, because obviously we haven't been able to see what he does, sounds an awful lot like Robert Johnson. Uh, ability to ball hawk, has good vision of the field, again, covers a lot of ground, longer, lankier. Um, just a bigger body player. I think he has a potential to also come in in that safety lineup and just make a lot of noise and, and be a big presence for Utah. Uh, what One of the things that I think makes picking some of these players so hard is that Utah's talked a lot about doing rotations with people uh, because they have the depth. And so it's a little bit hard to know exactly who's going to be starting, who's maybe going to get most of the reps, because it sounds like they're planning on using a lot of people. And so I think safety room is another place we're going to see some rotation and RJ and I think Clayton are going to be big factors. Yeah, that is something for all these all these positions and the players we're going to bring up is some of them we know from the very start of the season they're going to be starting and a lot of them if we're predicting breakouts it's going to come later in the year because of their age or other depth and how they're going to have to fight for those spots and I love that you mentioned Clayton as well because Coach Scally really did light up when he mm -hmm. talked about him as well. Um, I actually Clayton's dad uh, DM'd me not long ago on Twitter because I was actually saying uh, Isabel wrong recently so I love uh, love the Isabel family as well and really excited for Clayton as well. 
and get this opportunity with Utah. And sounds like he's in for a big year. And it's going to be interesting to see that secondary. We talked about Clark, how much faith he has in it as well. It sounds like the coaches are really high on this group too. And the, even the national media has seems to really have understood because of how high Utah's preseason ranking was, all the injuries that went into what happened during the Rose Bowl. When you have Makai Bernard, who's one of the 70 freakish freakiest players, athletes in college football, according to Bruce Feldman as well, which I 100% agree with. It's cool to see this secondary still get this respect. And I personally don't have a corner on my list, but I think there's a number of corners as well that could break out. And Michelle, we'll see if you have a corner on your list as well as some of the other players on my list when we come back in just a moment. But first, want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, and of course, college football. Guys, week zero is officially here this Saturday. So that means there's tons of fun games for you guys to get in on the betting action for. Check out as well the use how you like their odds going down to Gainesville, as well as to win the Pac-12, and a number of other things at Bet Online. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. We thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. And in the Ultimate College Football Podcast, it's a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I recently did one with the other Pac-12 Locked On hosts, as well as if you guys want to learn about the other teams that Utah is going to be fighting for to get in, try to get into the college football playoff with, make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football Preview for breakdowns on all the teams across the college football landscape. So jumping back into our list, I'll go with my third guy. This is a guy I've been high on ever since he came in and got a couple starts last year, and that's Paul Miley. He's going to be the starting center for this team. There's been there was kind of some confusion on if he is or isn't because some people have said he isn't the starter quite yet. But also, I think I believe I'm trying to remember. I think it was Coach Witt who said he was the starting center, and then Coach Ludwig who said there was still a competition there, or some order that was in. But either way, I still fully expect Paul to be the guy coming down into Florida. He's a guy who played at East High School, so grew up looking at the back of Rice-Eccles Stadium every day pretty much, now gets the opportunity to go out there and start. And a year ago, whenever Keaton Bills went down, he's the guy that in order to make this offensive line the strongest, they moved Nick Ford over to that right guard spot, and then he came in at center. And I think he just did a great job there. I thought he there was a reason they made that move because I thought when you were talking about Nick Ford to him, I didn't really see a drop-off in play. I think Paul is phenomenal. He excels in the run game, especially moving guys from point A to point B, working those double teams, getting to the second level. I think he's pretty good in pass protection, but I definitely think his strongest asset is the run, run game, and he absolutely excels there. And I think Paul is, even though he's not one of the more seasoned guys on this offensive line just talking with him at media availability sounds excited about the season I think he's going to come in be a really good leader for this team and have an outstanding year I love that you added an offensive lineman to your list I I didn't I did not do that I thought about it uh you know Brain Daniels is another one I we kind of know about him but I feel like he has the opportunity nationally, nationally he'd really get known yeah uh just where he's kind of being credited as being um, like the new Nick Ford. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think people are going to be a little bit more aware of Braden after this season. Uh, going back to my list though, uh, I'm going with another transfer. I, I think Momad Diabate has mm -hmm. the potential to have a really big season. 
And, you know, from the conversations I've had, when he decided he was leaving Florida, he wanted to go someplace where he felt like he would get the development to be a, a first round draft pick for his senior year. And so he was keeping tabs of Utah and what the, what was happening with uh, Devin Lloyd. And uh, that really sold him on Utah was where he wanted to go. He felt like he's every bit as good as Devin Lloyd. He actually, I have been told, thinks he's better than Devin Lloyd, uh, which I mean, it's a tall order and it's a tall ask, but you got to love the confidence. Sure. Confidence is, you know, for sure. Um, a big part of coming out and doing really well. He was a second leading tackler last year for Florida. Um, I think he's a guy that they probably really would have liked to have kept. Ideally, uh, would have helped bring some experience back. But, you know, he's coming into Utah and that linebacker room is very, very talented. There's not a ton of experience playing experience. He helps with that a little bit, even though it's a new system and a new place. Uh, you ask Morgan Scally, Colton Swan, his position coaches, and they've both talked about how he's just been really good about buying into the system, not trying to tell them how he used to do it at Florida. Like, I mean, he's just been all in on what Utah does, what, what Utah wants him to do. Uh, and it sounds like I, he could be another just very, again, exciting player that maybe kind of comes out of nowhere. 100%. And the reason I wasn't surprised that he thinks he could be better than Devin Lloyd is because, you know, athletes, they're confident. And whenever they come in, they work hard. I would also, I'm not 100% sure of this, but I'm pretty positive he was a higher recruit coming out of high school than Devin Lloyd was at the absolutely. time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so. Uh, well, and I, I do think Devin Lloyd's strength and what he made up for his, he's not, he's athletic. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, mm. but I don't think he's as athletic as Mumad Diabate. Mm. Uh, I think Mumad is much more of an athletic freak than Devin was, but Devin was a studier, uh, film, the playbook, like that guy had his mind right. And so, you know, he could make up for maybe some athletic deficiencies mm -hmm. because he just knew what was going to happen. And so my understanding of the situation with Mumad is as long as he studies as hard as Devin Lloyd did, uh, you know, they do kind of think that he maybe could end up being better than Devin. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, which would be an incredible feat. And I, when you talk about better athlete too, like there's no doubt in my mind, Diabate would run a better 40-yard dash or a lot of those combine testing numbers mm -hmm. would be better because of that athleticism. And that's something that's shown up on tape when you're talk, you talking about Diabate too, is how quickly, especially when he's blitzes, he just flies by offensive linemen. And I think that's something as he's going to be put in that Devin Lloyd situation where he's going to be playing on and off ball a lot, have opportunities to rush the passer. And I do think he's in for a big year. I toyed with putting him on my list as well. I decided to leave him off just because of some of that past success he's had at Florida and ended up going with another linebacker who, let's talk about him right now. I went with Lander Barton. Some people could say it's going to be a cheat to go with freshmen. The last two players on this list are going to be freshmen, but I was really looking at guys who haven't popped yet at Utah. And I just don't think, I think Lander will have already broken out after this year. So that's why I think the best time to put him on this list is now. The, the first time I ever watched Lander play in person was last year. I was at Brighton High School covering a game. And he had one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen from a linebacker. He batted a ball, tipped it to himself in air, then ran down the side yards, 
sideline about 90 yards, and the only person who could get him was the quarterback. He just tossed the quarterback out of the way. Showed off the speed, strength, the agility, all in one. We know he's got the bloodlines in his family of great Utah athletes as well. His sister Danny is now over playing volleyball in Europe and killing it over there as well. And I just think he's going to come in. I don't think he'll start. I do think it'll be Diabate and Karene Reed. But much like how Karene Reed grew into a bigger role to end the season last year for Utah, I just think that's what we're going to see from Lander in the long term. He had 365 tackles, so a year's worth in three years. His last three years starting at Brighton as well. I just feel like his strength, his speed, and his experience in that linebacker spot, just in how much he's done it in the high school level. I know college is a different animal, but he's got experience going against some of the best offensive linemen in the state of Utah as well. I think he's going to come in, especially as the season goes on and have an outstanding year and really live up to the recruiting hype, just like we saw Clark Phillips do in his first year with the program. Yeah, I mean, that linebacker room is another situation where I think we're going to see a rotation of guys. I I think there's going to they're going to keep those guys fresh. They feel good about guys like Lander Barton. They feel good about guys like Justin Medlock. Uh, you know, they've used Hayden Fury in the past and he's been great. So there there's guys that they can go to and again just kind of rotate out make sure that guys stay fresh. I do agree with you. I think it's going to be Kareni and uh, Diabate that start start are the starters. Yeah. But I think we're going to see a lot of different guys playing mm-hmm. this season because they have the bodies to do it. So it, it should be fun. I'm really excited to see how they kind of manage that talent. And as you said, I think some of those freshmen, probably towards the end of the year, they might have some bigger roles. And it is going to be interesting to see how he grows over the course of a season. Michelle, who was the next guy on your list? Uh, You know what? I did another receiver. We talked about him a little bit when we were talking about Vele. It's Money Parks. Uh, You know, he has been talked about by his coaches. He's been talked about by his other fellow wide receivers. Uh, He's been talked about by just other players on the team in general. Uh, He just apparently has really grown up. Uh, and and we saw some good things from him, especially that USC game. That catch that he had down the sideline was amazing. Uh, but again, being a freshman, you know, maybe a little up and down, a little hit or miss, uh, maybe drowning in the playbook a little bit. It sounds like all of that has been resolved. And he just feels very confident and comfortable in what, what he's expected to do. Uh, And he's been impressing people. So I think he's going to have a much bigger role on the team. Uh, And and I think, you know, again, when you have a guy like Bryn Covey that kind of covered up a lot of stuff, could do a lot of things. Now you're going to be looking towards more guys uh, to fill that role. And and I think money's one of those one of those guys. I also think Devon Bailey is going to be one of those guys. Uh, And I think Makai Bernard also not a receiver, he's running back, but I think he's going to fill a lot of that role as well. And so we're going to see different people step up and I fully expect Money Parks to be one of those guys. Yeah, Money has been the guy. It seems like everyone is talking about like he's had a great camp as well and it does seem like he's in for a big year. And I'll say this as well, when you're talking about guys who are going to break out or have big seasons or make a year a year your jump in between seasons. One of the things I think is most important in that I like to hear is not like he got bigger, he got stronger, he got faster. 
He got confident. I think that is huge when you're talking about just understanding the playbook because when you know what you're doing, then you can just attack it that much harder when you're not second-guessing yourself out there. And I think that is going to lead to a huge year from Money Parks. And Money's a guy who, just because I do feel like he's going to end up being the third receiver behind Salmonius as well, I ended up leaving him off my list. But he's another guy I think could have a monster year as well. For the final guy on my list, I went with another freshman, Jalen Glover. He's a guy, I talked to him after his very first practice in the spring. And just as soon as I was done, I was like, he says all the right things. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. And he's built how you love your running backs as well. Compact guy, extremely strong. And I just feel like he's going to be the next great Utah running back. I really do. I feel like this will be the last year of Tavion Thomas at Utah. Cause I think he's going to have a pretty good year and go to the NFL. And I think Jalen's going to have a really good year as well. Go for over 500 yards in his first year. Like we saw a lot of those guys running backs, whether that was Makai or TJ Pledger a year ago do. And I think when you talk about a guy who had 6,096 yards in high school, 80 touchdowns, 3,200 yard rushing games in Florida, nonetheless, one of the right. best states for high school football. I think he's going to come on. He's been working his butt off at all spring ball, fall camp as well. I think he's going to come in and won't be long. He could very well even to start be the guy who after Tavion Thomas is the number two running back in terms of carries. It'll be interesting to see between him and Makai who gets more of those carries. But I think by the end of the season, it'll for sure be Jalen. And just because of his strength, his shiftiness, and how hard he runs, I think people are going to be really excited about him going into the 2023 season. I, I debated about doing Jalen. I went with a different running back. Uh, and, and it's a guy that we're a little, this guy, we're a little more familiar with him. Uh, he's probably played, actually, on my list, he definitely has played the most. It's Makai Bernard. Mm-hmm. I think with Brian Covey leaving, it opens some things up to really showcase what he can do even more than in 2021. Uh, and I, he just, I mean, the fact that you had him playing defense, offense, and special teams last year in that Rose Bowl was insane. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, yeah, the defensive end was a little bit rough um, to be expected. That's not a position he plays normally. But the fact that they felt confident enough that he had the athletic ability to at least even try and attempt to yes. do that, uh, so I think says a lot about him. And he's just a very tough, resilient kid. Um, you know, the I play running back thing was absolutely hilarious. It was yes. such a great way to handle, you know, kind of getting picked on a little bit for, for the performance. Uh, and he got some money off of it. Uh, he definitely took some of my money because I thought exactly, that was yeah. absolutely <laughs> funny. Um, but uh, he's someone that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to use. Because, again, uh-huh. like I said, with Brian Covey being gone, I think it opens some things up in the slot receiver position. I think it opens some things up um, to do some sweeps and some jet plays with him. And also just using him, you know, in a regular running back type position um, just as a change up. I, I just think he has so much versatility. I don't think we've really seen everything he can he can do. And I'm excited to see him have a bigger role to maybe showcase that a little bit more this year. Yeah, and he's a guy who I think some when you look back on some of his numbers, you're like, wait, he had over 500 yards rushing? Because it didn't feel like it because it wasn't a game in and game out thing. It was like big game versus Stanford or a big game somewhere else. And then a game where he wouldn't really get the ball or many carries. And I do think that this year we're going to see him a lot more consistently. And you're right, just how many different ways is he going to be used is I think what's going to be really exciting to go out there 
watch and see. And yeah, it just shows how much trust this coaching staff had in him just to put him at corner and agreeing that he's one of the freakiest athletes as well, because mm-hmm. going against a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I has a chance to be a top five pick in this year's NFL draft as well, is a phenomenal feat to even go out there and attempt. So I give him all the credit in the world for going out there and trying that. And like you said, worked out well for him too. He's made a little bit of money off it <laughs> as well. So those are our top five lists, but um, we, there, I wrote down one guy who really hurt me not to have on this list, and that's Connor O'Toole. He's the guy who's made the switch from receiver to defensive end. Witt has been raving about him, and I think that's like whenever Witt raves about someone, it kind of lights up like, okay, he's doing really well. Same thing with Money Parks, as we discussed earlier. I mean, he's the guy with that 6'4 length. I know he's got the athletic ability as well because of what a receiver he is. Footwork can be so important at, the, at defensive end as well when you're trying to rush the quarterback that – since he's been working those ladders and doing all those drills to have good footwork to be a great wide receiver his entire life, I think the transition is going to be pretty seamless. And as Gabe Reed is a little nicked up heading into the season, and we'll see if he's able to stay healthy the full season, I think by the end of the year, O'Toole is going to be that guy opposite Van Fillinger and in for a big year. Yeah. uh, You know, Solomon Enos was someone that I really wanted to bring up as well. I, I just, I love what I've been hearing about this wide receiver group. I know some people kind of roll their eyes and do it. Well, how many times have we heard this about Utah? Like every year is the year that the receivers are going to break out and they kind of don't. It, It just, it feels a little bit different this year. Again, there it's less of a, we hope they'll break out. We think we have the talent and more of a, we know we have the talent. Uh, we, we've we seen them, you know, do X, Y, and Z. There's just more confidence behind the praise, I feel like, yes. this year than there ever has been. And, and so I'm excited, you know, to see a guy like Solomon. He's had some great plays in the past. Um, one, more of that, like, bigger, more strong type of receiver that – uh, if if it's third and long and, and you need to send someone out to get a contested ball, he's a guy that you want to have in that rotation because he has really strong hands. And so you feel pretty good about if he and the cornerback get to it at the same time, he can probably rip it away and win that battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's a guy I liked, Connor O'Toole. That was a good one. Um, I think you could also talk about Jonah Ellis as well. Yes. He's the guy that started kind mm-hmm. of figuring it out late last season. The coaches have also talked quite a bit about him and how much progress he's made. Uh, he's another one that I think could be kind of exciting to watch. And it's really cool, not that his dad is his coach, but it's just cool that they're there together at the same time. So. 100%. Yeah, that's always something fun to get that. You see a lot of that in the high school level where guys get to coach their own kids, but not as much in the college level. So I do think it's a great opportunity for them. And I love that you brought up Solomon too, because he's a guy who, and especially on those big third downs, defenses are going to be going, where's Brant Keithy? Where's Dalton Kincaid? Where's Devon Vele? Oh crap, Solomon Enos made the catch. I just think yeah. we're going to be saying that a lot this coming season. And yeah, there's a number of guys we didn't even mention as you touched on a couple of them. And we could do an hour of this of guys oh. who have a chance because of the depth of those positions mm-hmm. we talked about as well that could very break out for this coming season. And speaking of this coming season, Michelle, I wanted to ask you what are there's been a lot of hype around this Utah team, mm-hmm. highest ever preseason rankings, you know, all the hype surrounding Cam as well. And just in general, it feels like this Utah football team they have big expectations what are your thoughts on what this team can accomplish this year 
I, you know, I think at the very least they can repeat what they did last year. And maybe instead of losing that Rose Bowl game, they win that Rose Bowl game. But I mean, it's up for debate. It, it could be bigger than that. I, I think there is a very strong possibility that these guys could really pull together something special and make it to the college football playoff. Uh, I don't know that they win that first round. I, I don't know that they're quite there yet, but I, I think they're good enough to possibly crack that top four and, and get that opportunity. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting, you know, to see exactly what happens. Uh, it's been pointed out a few times since the Pac-12 has been the Pac-12, nobody's gone undefeated. Mm-hmm. So it's. It's one of those things, you know, can can Utah run the table? And I kind of when someone pointed that out to me, I kind of laughed and did a well, if there's like one team in this conference that could break that mold, it would be Utah, because I feel like Utah's always been that team that's kind of made the impossible possible. Uh, nobody was supposed to bust the BCS. They did it in 2004. Nobody was supposed to be able to do it twice. Utah was the first team to do it twice. Uh, you know, nobody had really made that jump from G5 to Pac-12. Well, they're probably only going to be, you know, doormats in, in that conference. No, they were pretty competitive right out of the gate. A uh, couple of losing seasons, but you go back and you really kind of look at that. Their ones could compete with anyone in the league. It was really a depth issue that killed them the first couple of years. Uh you know, and then eventually they worked their way up to being one of the top dogs in the conference. And nobody thought they could do that. Uh, you deal with two players dying, you know, back to back in the same, essentially the same year. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody expects you to go out and win your first conference title and go to your first Rose Bowl. But they did that, too. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I just if anyone could make a case the first Pac-12 team going undefeated, I think it's Utah. I 100% agree. I'm sure once Utah fans are done listening through this, they'll be ready to run through a brick wall as well, firing <laughs> up for the season after you highlighted all that and all this team has accomplished. It's incredibly hard to go undefeated, but, man, mm-hmm. you got this much returning talent, a great coaching staff as well. As Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. Yeah. So, now, thank you so much for joining us today. What are some of the things you have coming up for this coming season? Yeah, uh, I've got a couple of features that I'm working on. Uh, I, you know, I'm still kind of just filling my way around this KSL job. I'm, I'm learning, learning, you know, what I, what's possible. Uh, and, and that's kind of a new, exciting thing. There's just so many possibilities to do the job that I've done, you know, kind of forever. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's maybe a little loosey-goosey and, and up, up to be determined, but uh we're keeping our eyes out for some cool stuff uh, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. It's going to be fun to see where that goes as well as this Utah football season. Mm-hmm. If you guys are in the market to learn more about Pac- the Pac-12 in Utah as well, make sure you guys check out Locked On Pac-12. Our host Spencer McLaughlin and other local Pac-12 experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of season previews going on as well as we're going to start getting into some of the week one matchups because we are so close to the start of the college football season. Huge thanks to Michelle Bodkin for joining the show today. If you guys want to follow Michelle on Twitter, go to at Bodkin KSL Sports. Follow us at Locked On Utes on Twitter. I'm at JT Wistersill on Twitter. And we thank you for tuning in to Locked On Utes.